Two small town girls living in a big city, chasing even bigger dreams. Meet your hosts, Kylie Benami and Sophie Longford. These two high fashion models have discovered that life outside of their hometowns isn't so simple. Talking all things fashion, wellness, fitness, and all of the messy things in between. Welcome to the Not So Simple Life. I love it. Hey everyone, thanks for being here today. In this episode, we are joined by nutrition expert, Dr. Amy Shah. You may know her from her well-known social media platform, at FastingMD. We will be doing a deep dive into the topic of intermittent fasting with Dr. Amy Shaw. She's coming on today to share the benefits of this practice and help us all to stop feeling so effing tired. Let's get into it. Just in case you didn't catch that in the intro, today's interview is going to be all about intermittent fasting. And if you've listened to some of our previous episodes, you might have heard Kylie and I talk about this before because we are both big believers of intermittent fasting and have found that mm -hmm. it works really well for us. So just before Amy gets on here and gets deep into the facts, we thought we'd briefly talk about how we incorporate intermittent fasting into our own lives. Well, let's preface this episode with it is so important to do what works for you. So again, this works for both Sophie and I, and this works for Dr. Amy Shaw. Maybe it'll work for you. Maybe it won't. I think it's amazing to try everything. And I think this practice has a lot of benefits. So if it works for you, amazing. I've been on a little bit of a journey with intermittent fasting over the years. I once was doing it really, really hardcore and intense, meaning I was only eating for six hours in the day. And I think that was a bit mm. much. It was good to get it together when I was in a rut and like needed to, you know, get back on track. But for the most part, I do 16 hours where I fast each night and I eat eight hours in the day. So usually that's from like 12 to 8 p.m. Those are the hours I eat. And then 16 hours, nothing in my system except for water and black coffee in the morning. What about you? So I do the exact same hours, although, but I have to say, this is not like a consistent thing. I do it when I can. Yep. Like I do not mm -hmm. let it control my life. If someone invites me out for dinner and I have a dinner at 8.30 and we're not going to eat till nine, I'm not going to stress about it. I'm going to be like, great. Well, I get to eat late tonight. If I'm at home, I have no plans and I'm in complete control of my schedule. I will start breakfast at 12 and I will finish dinner by eight o'clock. And I find it so easy. And then for the rest of the evening, I'll just drink tea or decaf coffee. And then in the morning, I'll drink my coffee. And I do drink my coffee with oat milk, actually. I'm not like super strict on just drinking like just pure black coffee. I'll drink it with milk and then I'll start eating it at midday. And I find it works really well for me. And let's just say this is not starving yourself. You eat just as much as you would eat. You're just restricting the hours that you do this. And by doing that, you give your body a break. Your body needs to reset. Your body needs to kind of get rid of the inflammation that food can cause sometimes. And by taking those 16 hours when you can, it really helps with bloating, mm -hmm. with energy, with your digestion. And we're going to get into that in this episode. But just from our experience alone, this is how Sophie and I have thrived off of this practice. I think my biggest benefits I noticed from doing this was that my bloating was completely gone in the mornings. I woke up with the flattest stomach and I had so much energy in the morning. I would wake up like so excited to get out of bed, go and work out. So every time I do finish dinner early and I wake up, I feel so much better the next day. It really makes a big difference. I feel like it also helps me get my cravings in line. Cravings are normal and supposed to happen, but sometimes, you know, when you just want a snack 
all day long or you're just craving everything you see like you're on Instagram and you see some food and it like just drives you crazy when I'm in that place and I'm feeling in a bit of a rut by giving myself these hours that I need to eat in it actually helps me get those under control and just have like normal cravings where I'm not like ravenous all the time but Sophie and I have both been saying that we've been in a little bit of a rut lately and it's nice to have something to fall back on when you get into that place and that is intermittent fasting for me. Mm -hmm. I've been slacking real bad in the last few months with both my diet and my working out so I'm trying real hard to get back into it now but for a few months like I was not working out I was not eating clean and I'm paying for it my skin was breaking out I was getting bloated every day and so now I'm starting to try to get back into it you can always bounce back back. up on the horse yes (laughs) ma'am it's not always easy to like get back into things but you've got to do it because the longer you go where you're not eating clean or you're not doing your workouts or you're not doing your meditations or your skincare whatever it is that makes you feel good the longer you go not doing that it's only going to get harder to get back into your routine after so Mm -hmm. take the time you need but don't let that time get out of control exactly and on that note i think we should get amy on here and get into this conversation on intermittent fasting We are here with the incredible Dr. Amy Shah. Everybody, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks so much for having me, guys. This is such a pleasure. Of course. Maybe we could start this episode off by having you introduce yourself to our listeners and telling us a little bit about how you came into your career and became so passionate about fasting. Oh, yeah. So my career really started many, many years ago when I decided to do nutrition as a major in college. And then after nutrition, I really wanted to do more. I wanted to connect it more to the body. And so I thought medical school would be the best way to do that. Little did I know that medical world in America and the Western world is really not connected to nutrition at all in many ways. And so I found myself not really practicing nutrition at all. And so I was looking for ways to practice nutrition. And you know, what happened is I started to have my own crisis a few years into my practice and I felt exhausted all the time. I was bloated often. I felt like no matter how hard I worked out, I wasn't able to get in shape. Like I was gaining weight. I was feeling tired. I was having GI symptoms and I wasn't sure what was going on with me. And so one day I had a very, very severe car accident on my way home from work to picking up my kids. And my new book, I'm So Effing Tired, basically starts out with this story. And that was kind of my wake-up call. And I just said, you know what, That's, this is enough. My mind is all over the place. My body is out of control. And I'm not really doing the work in the world that I want to be doing. And so that was the wake-up call that I needed. And that was about like eight years ago now. And I just started to make changes first just for myself and try to try things out. Then I started to speak about it and tell people what I was finding. And soon I started, you know, writing for some blogs. Then I started my own website. And so my journey kind of informed a lot of the work that I do now. And one of the reasons I like intermittent fasting is out of everything I was talking about, that seemed to strike a chord with people because I think it's like you kind of know now about the healthy eating thing kind of know about the exercise piece. But the pieces that I thought were really missing were the circadian rhythms piece, 
which includes intermittent fasting. So circadian rhythms are our internal clock and our whole body runs on this internal clock. And it's set by the sun, but it's also set by food. And so the food you eat, the timing you eat it, and the things you do really determine so much of your health. And I was so shocked to find that out. So that's literally the long story of how I got here. Well, can you share with us a little bit more about the time in your life where diet-wise you felt like you were doing everything right, but you were still gaining weight, you had low energy, you felt moody. So like, what was your diet and your lifestyle like around that time when you felt like that? So Sophie, a lot of people can probably relate. I was the typical type A personality. I thought I needed to skimp on sleep because I thought, well, my children need me, work needs me. So I would skimp on sleep and I would be running on coffee all day. And even though I was tired, I was wired, you know, that feeling of almost like anxiety and, and tiredness at the same time. And I was eating, I thought, a healthy diet. You know, I in that moment, in that time, I really did think I was making the best decisions. And so I think that this misnomer that everybody is eating like McDonald's and drive throughs and that's why they're unhealthy is not necessarily true. A lot of us were trying to make the best decisions. Um, it wasn't until I looked back at what I was choosing and why I was choosing it that I realized that I was making wrong choices. And then I was, you know, really messing up my circadian rhythm. So I would get very little sunlight all day long and then I would blast the blue light because after my kids would be settled into bed, I would want to be on the computer and, you know, watch a show or like look at my phone. And I realized what I was doing is I was giving my body mixed signals. It's like almost like your body feels jet lagged all the time because it doesn't know whether it's day or night. Well, so we know that you obviously came across fasting then that helped you kind of get out of this rut. So I want to get right into it and help our listeners understand all of the amazing benefits that come along with intermittent fasting. So maybe we could start this conversation with you getting into how you found it and what results you actually saw pretty quickly once you started implementing this into your life. Yeah, great question, Kylie. So basically, I... um saw the research on intermittent fasting. And when I was searching for solutions, that seemed like, wow, there's so much science. The Nobel Prize in medicine went for work behind intermittent fasting. So I was all in. Like when I saw that, I'm like, it's free, it's easy, it's doable. So I went all in. The problem was, is that I didn't have any experience with fasting before that. And I really didn't do it right at all. In fact, after the first week of doing it, I quit altogether. And then it wasn't until I really, really looked into it, tweaked it for myself as a woman and as a busy person, as a novice, that I was able to actually get the benefits, which include things like energy and weight loss and improved blood pressure and cardiac markers. There's so much that comes uh, from doing an intermittent fasting style diet. And what really made sense to me is that every culture when you look at it in the world, had some form of fasting built into it. It just made sense to me that people knew back then, you know, that there were benefits to this process. And I think that we kind of lost it because one, we're addicted to food. It's not our fault. The companies make it so that we become addicted to the foods. So we're eating literally on average 16 hours a day. So the minute, you know, the last glass of wine or chocolate to the first coffee and you know banana or whatever 
there's only a break of like eight hours uh, while you're sleeping. And that's not natural. Like if you think about it evolutionarily, we weren't like eating snacks all the way till bed and then waking up and rolling out of bed and eating like a, a muffin. Right. It was hunting and foraging back in the day, right? You had to like hunt for your food in the morning. And even before microwaves and refrigerators, like most people didn't eat much after dark. After sundown was when people wound down their meals and they didn't just roll out of bed and just have like a full sit down breakfast, you know. So it made a lot of sense. And also a common misconception is people have been trained to believe that breakfast is a morning thing. So that you wake up, you have to have breakfast. It's yeah. the most important meal of the day. But people don't realize that breakfast literally just means when you break your fast. And that can be at yes. midday, 3 p.m. It doesn't mean it's your meal in the morning. It's just when you start eating again. Yeah, it doesn't need to be. There's this trainers and I think the fitness world has made people think that you need to be eating at all hours of the day and night to keep your like metabolism up. And I think that what happens is, is that people get tricked into thinking that that means that they should be eating at all times, like every single minute of every single day. And that's absolutely not true. Yeah. Well, obviously there are so many different types of fasting. I know people can do like a 16 hour fast or an 18 hour fast. And then there's the more extreme ones where people do like a three day fast or even like a couple weeks fast. So what are the different ways that you can fast and which do the majority of your clients find the best results with? Yeah. So this is a great question too, because it's like exercise. Okay. There's so many different forms and doses of exercise, right? You could be doing Pilates or you could be running a triathlon. And that's the same thing with intermittent fasting. It is very similarly a hormetic stressor like exercise, meaning that you give your hormones a little bit of stress in order to get good results. So I recommend just like exercise, you don't jump in to a marathon on your first day. Like that makes no sense, right? If you were thinking about it in the exercise analogy, same thing. You don't want to jump into intermittent fasting, even 16-8 meaning 16 hours of fasting and eight hours of eating, don't want to jump into that right away. In fact, women especially seem to be much more sensitive um, to the stressors of anything, exercise and intermittent fasting. And so what I say, and then again, you know, the longer fasting is like running a marathon Mm -hmm. or doing a triathlon. It's not necessarily for everyone. You must train for it. There are benefits to it, but it's not for the entire population. And so what I recommend that people when they're really busy and they want to start something that gives them immediate benefits is something called a circadian fast. Circadian fast is exactly what it sounds like. Based on your circadian rhythms, um, you eat uh, the most food when the sun is out and you try to fast pretty much overnight. So it could be something as easy as 12 hours in the beginning. So like 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. And then you can push it a little bit. Maybe it's 7 p.m. to 9 a.m. And what I like about circadian fasting, it's very natural. It's very intuitive. You know, you stop eating earlier in the evening, which is a little difficult in pre-pandemic world. A lot of people would complain to me and say, well, I love this idea of circadian fasting, but I just can't eat dinner earlier. And I said, well, okay, if you can do 8 to 8, try to do 7 to 9 then on a couple days a week, maybe there's a day here and there where you can really have an early dinner and see how you feel, your energy levels the next day, how good your digestion is. So circadian fasting seems to be a really nice way to 
get the benefits, but also make it very doable for a busy person. And then you can go from there. Hold up, hold the phone. Let's take a quick pause from this interview so we can tell y'all about our favorite online skincare retailer, Derm to Door. You all know that we're skincare obsessed here and we've been around the block when it comes to trying products. Lucky for all of you, you've got us to recommend our favorite products and we are calling in Derm to Door for backup. Derm to Door takes the guesswork out of how to choose and use the right products for your skin. When you shop online with Derm to Door, you're shopping from a collection of skincare products that are all handpicked for you by a dermatologist. Derm to Door is selling all of our favorite skincare brands and every single product has been dermatologist tested to help you achieve your best skin. With just a few clicks, you'll receive a personalized skincare regimen from a dermatologist, all of which is based on your skin's unique needs. Your products and your personal regimen will be delivered to your door at no extra cost, major. And we're hooking it up here with a discount code for all of our listeners. At checkout, you can use our code TNSSLIFE20 for 20% off your very first order. Dem to Door is here to make skincare a bit more simple. Don't forget to enter TNSSLIFE20 at checkout. Now, let's get back to this interview. So let's break down fasting then. If you could tell us a little bit about the science, what's going on in our body when we don't have food coming into our body for this set amount of time? Like how are we benefiting from that exactly? Yeah, this is the key. So it's not just about lower calories, which there's a definite benefit of eating less calories. And most people eat 30% of their calories of the day after 8 p.m. And so everybody, you know, think about it. Like if you are eating after 8 p.m., you're eating pretty high caloric, dense foods. So just stopping those late night eating can help you in general. But what seems to be the magic, the biology is that we use sugar for fuel. Okay. And when we're not eating, we just use the sugar that's left in our bodies. And we use the bloodstream sugar first. And then when we run out of sugar in the blood, we actually go to the liver, there's stored glycogen. It's, it's a sugar form that's stored in the liver. And then once we use up the glycogen, that's when the magic happens. So we have to then think of other ways to get energy and our body uses fat, fatty acids as energy. So when we switch from using glucose for fuel to using fatty acids for fuel, that's called the metabolic switch. The metabolic switch is the magic behind any kind of fasting. So whether it's a shorter overnight circadian fast or whether it's a longer, you know, 24 hour fast or more, you really want to get into this metabolic switch zone. Unfortunately, we don't have a meter or a test to check if we're in this metabolic switch zone. We kind of just guesstimate that, hey, you know what, if you're eating a pretty healthy diet with low sugar and then you're fasting, you're going to eventually use up the sugar and then you're going to have to dip into your fat stores and that going back and forth, switching back and forth from sugar as fuel and fat as fuel seems to be the magic behind intermittent fasting. Wow. So you're burning fat all night long then if you have a decent amount of time in between your meals. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. And that's why I really love morning fasted workouts because I tell people that, listen, it's like, you know, probably eight hours or, you know, even 10, 11, 12 hours is not enough 
to deplete all your glucose stores if you're you know someone who eats a pretty medium carbohydrate diet but then you wake up and you stretch it out a little bit and you go for a nature-based fasted workout or just a fasted workout and get a couple minutes of nature time and you're really optimizing your day because you're now when you exercise you're really using up that glucose and so if you had any glucose left over you're going to use that up and really dip into those fat stores before you break your fast yeah i want to get into this a little bit more because when i started trying out intermittent fasting i realized that i worked out a lot better actually in the morning when i was still fasting i had so much energy and the workout just felt incredible to me so how does fitness play into intermittent fasting and are fasted workouts better for you than for say working out after like a heavy carby meal yeah absolutely so there was a misnomer and still runs today that if you're going to do a workout you need to carb load the night before or whatever and even the elite marathoners i mean the people that should be carb loading, quote unquote. The Kenyan marathon runners have been doing fasted runs for many, many years as part of their training because they know this concept of metabolic switch intuitively. And they know that when you run really long races, at some point, your body's gonna have to switch fuel sources and it's going to have to get good at going back and forth from glucose to fatty acids. And so doing a fasted workout is absolutely beneficial. Now, you guys both know that, you know, most people cannot do a fasted workout the first day they try because they're so used to having that blood sugar spike in the morning that you want to start them off really, really easy. Like maybe it's a walk around the block, you know, maybe it's something like a yoga, but you really, for me, I even, because I was so conditioned for so many years to not be fasted during my workout that I had to start really easy. I did a very easy, that's why I suggest like a nature-based walk because it's good for your circadian rhythms. It's good for your body getting some movement or a morning yoga class. It's a great way to do a fasted workout because it's something that might not use up too much fuel and then work up from there. And then if you can do a full workout, you will notice that it's like a muscle gets stronger and you'll be able to do a full workout soon. Absolutely. And you know what, guys, I find it really nice to not have a full stomach when I'm doing, for example, core work. It's like, I feel like I'm really getting into my core when I'm not having to like push down all of this food that's still trying to digest in my stomach. But I want to circle back to you and your comment about circadian fasting. So do you feel like when the sun is up, we should actually be eating our bigger meals then? So if we're eating at 6, 7, 8 p.m. at night and the sun is lower, is it better for us to eat bigger meals in the day when the sun is really high? Yeah, so there's good studies that show that it's called the big breakfast study. They put people on different caloric intakes, same food but it was like 700, 500, and 300, or something like that um, throughout the day, meaning 700 calories, 500 calories, and then 300. And they mixed it up. They did like breakfast, the biggest meal, then lunch, the biggest meal, and then dinner, the biggest meal, trying to see like which is the best blood sugar response, which is the best things for digestion, weight loss. So they found that the combinations of eating the 700 calories, the bigger chunk in the morning was ideal. And even if you ate it like, you know, a little bit delayed in the morning, it was ideal, but not having that 700, that big, huge meal in the evening, the 8 p.m. meal was ideal. So it was 8 a.m. and then midday and then 8 p.m. was the three timings. And they found that the 8 p.m. was the worst time to consume the most number of calories. And so if you're trying to kind of like figure out with intermittent fasting or just in general, 
when you should be eating your bigger meals. It's not dinner as most people would think. It's actually earlier meals, either the pre-dinner meal or the breakfast meal. Okay. And so when you're fasting, what are the things that you're able to drink? Is it only water? Is it water and teas, black coffee? What are we allowed to have when we're on a fast? Okay. So if you're doing something as simple as a circadian fast, what you want to remember is that it depends on what you're doing the fast for. So if the fast was for total gut rest, meaning you're doing it for a GI condition, a medical condition, you may not be able to have anything at all. And maybe just water. If you're doing it for the metabolic benefits, which is most of us, then you are have a little more leeway. So in that sense, you can have coffee, you can have tea, you can have clear liquids, anything under 40 calories without sugar is what I kind of say to my patients and clients. So that means that, you know, if you were having trouble with your fast with just water and it's like 10 p.m. and you can't sleep because you're like super hungry, but you want to try to see if you can have something, instead of white knuckling it, I recommend like 40 calories of fat. So maybe it's like a little bit of coconut butter or a little bit of nut butter, you know, 40 calories, very little. So it's not a huge amount and see if you can push through. And if you still feel exhausted and hungry, then that's a sign that, you know, you went too aggressive on your fast. Yeah, I would always have a tea with milk on my fasting hours. That was like how I made it through. It always really helped me because it was so filling and satisfying with that little bit of milk and it really helps. Yes. I want to know what your go-to meal is when you are breaking your fast. Like, what do you go for and what does the favorite meal look like for you? Okay, so I love to start my day. Like, I love to break my fast with something very small. And one, the reason is if you fasted, if you've ever inadvertently fasted, people who are listening, you know that if you put yourself in front of something that is very hyper palatable, like chips and salsa or, you know, donuts or something, you basically will overeat because you're hungry and you're fasted. So you really don't want to start with hyper palatable foods. The way I love to break my fast is I love chai. Chai is my favorite go-to drink because chai is a a concoction that was made 5,000 years ago by the sages of, they think, India where they tried to find an Ayurvedic healing tonic that tastes good for the king's court. And so for me, I find it exactly that. I find it really nourishing and there's a lot of spices in there that are very beneficial to digestion. I usually have it with some nuts and and berries because like I said, I love delicious food to break the fast that I love, that is good for me, that's nourishing. And I ask people that are having trouble with this, thinking of ways to break the fast, is I, I say pick one or two things that you love and put it on repeat. So you don't have to think in the morning, say you finished your fasted workout. For me, it's like, I, it's like, go, go, go. I finished my fasted workout, I jump in the car, I'm changing, I'm going to work. And so I can't be thinking like, okay, what am I gonna break my fast with right now? Because that's often going to lead to bad choices. So I always make it so that it's chai, it's nuts, it's berries, sometimes a smoothie if I'm super hungry, and then I don't eat again until lunch. So for me, my fast is often broken after my workout around 9.30 or 10, and then I won't eat a full meal until one or two as my kind of late lunch, and then I try to have an earlier dinner as as many days as possible. Got it. So I want to know how skin is affected when you're doing intermittent fasting because I remember the moment that I noticed the impacts of doing a fast. It was very accidentally found out because I had food poisoning and so I couldn't actually eat for two days. 
but I noticed how much my skin cleared up just from not eating for a couple days and how yeah. much my digestion improved and my skin looked incredible. And that's when I realized that giving my digestive system that time to take a break, my skin really thanked me for it. So do you think there is a link between improved skin and fasting? Yes, absolutely. There is a link between fasting and improved skin, just like, you know, exercise has all these downstream benefits. It's not just about getting your muscles stronger. And the same thing with intermittent fasting, it's not just about getting your metabolism stronger. It has a lot of downstream benefits, um, including anti-aging and improving the autophagy. So autophagy is the clean out of our cells. So when you look at a cell under a microscope and you try to tell how old it is, one of the things that tells it how old it is is how dirty, like how much debris, garbage, trash is in the cell. And because as we get older, our autophagy, our cleanup of the cell becomes slower and doesn't happen as uh, strongly as when you're younger and healthier. So younger, healthier um, cells usually clean up the inside, the trash, the organelles, uh, the things that we don't need anymore. And it looks cleaner because of this process of autophagy. Now, intermittent fasting increases the rate of autophagy of all of our cells. So our skin cells, our digestion cells, our every cell in our body is cleaner and healthier and younger when it undergoes autophagy. And so that makes sense that you'd feel better, your cells look younger, it's literally anti-aging you. And then the other process that happens is that if you're doing circadian style fasting, which means that you don't get too much bright light and food in the evenings, what happens is that the body benefits because the skin, just like every cell in our body has a clock and at night it turns down the protection. So when you are seeing a lot of blue light, it's damaging your skin. When you're eating, it is our body is not meant to be metabolizing and seeing bright lights at night. And so when you look at actual skin studies, they show that people who are exposed to bright blue lights and fluorescent lights and TVs and computers, and they're eating late into the night, their skin is more damaged than people who aren't doing those things. Well, wow, it's so interesting. Would you say there is anyone who shouldn't fast? Like, or is it for everyone? Can anyone try it out? Most cultures in the world have some kind of fasting and they're doing it with all ages. But when I, you know, when you think about it, fasting opposes growth. So fasting is not good for growing children or growing babies, you know, so pregnant women, children, women with eating disorders, because, you know, you don't want to trigger any kind of control or disordered eating in people who already have a history of that. And if they do want to do that, they have to work with someone who's an expert in that field. But other than that, it's really meant for anyone. Uh, as you know, uh, right now in all parts of the world, Muslims are conducting a, a intermittent fast called Ramadan. And um, although it's kind of different than, you know, typical intermittent fasting, they their kids do it, I mean, adults do it, elderly do it and so it's very doable then there's another culture and the mormon culture does a dinner to dinner fast they call it fast sunday every week and so there's all kinds of you know people ages types so it's really is for almost everyone but if you have a child 
or if you have if you're pregnant breastfeeding even you really don't want to be doing things that are new to you especially as they may oppose growth yeah that's the thing i don't think people realize like just how natural fasting is like it's completely yeah. natural before we were introduced to this like society where food was accessible at all hours of the day it was totally natural to go many hours without food and it's actually so many proven benefits but i know you're in a time crunch so I'm going to wrap this up and get you to tell everyone what your social handles are and where people can come and find you. Thank you so much. I am at, okay, so on Instagram, I'm at FastingMD. If you want to go to my website, it is amymdwellness.com. And if you really want to dive deeper into the circadian fasting, the how-tos, recipes, I kind of go into the science more. You can check out my book. It's called I'm So Effing Tired and you can get it at imsoeffingtired.com or any local bookstore in the US. It's available Australia, UK and various other countries across the world. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Kylie's having a little bit of a connection issue, so I'll say thank you on her behalf as well, but we've really enjoyed having you once today. Thank you for sharing everything. It was with so us. fun. Thank you for having me. All right, guys, you know what time it is. Question and answer Q&A. Let's get into it. Number one, what brand of coffee do you drink in the morning? Well, I'm a creature of habit. I drink bulletproof coffee every morning, whether I'm using filter coffee, French press, Kerrig, the K-Pods, whatever it is, I always use bulletproof coffee. I really love the one called The Mentalist. And every day, I just drink it black. I love it how it is. I'm not too fussy when it comes to my coffee, but I usually have a Nespresso capsule. They're super easy and quick and they just taste super good. So that's my choice. And then number two, what is your favorite hair tool for styling? That's a good one. Yeah, I'd say my curling wand, which I have not used in forever. But if I'm dressing up for something, I'll always add a wave with my curler. And I don't even know which one I use. I've literally have no idea. It's a cheap basic one from Amazon. That I probably got for like 30 bucks, which I've had forever. If I find it, I'll link it in the notes, but it does the job. So for me, I have found a new hair tool that has fully changed my life. My hair has been looking on fleek. Not right now as we're recording. Sophie's probably looking at me like, <laughs> I'm like really? <laughs> but when I've been getting ready, I've been using this brush hair dryer by Hot Tools. It's on Amazon. It's $50. We're going to link it in the show notes below. Oh my God, it just gives me that blowout look. I make it flip on the ends. It's so easy to use, makes my hair so soft. It's not like a heavy thing. You know, I hate when a hair tool is so heavy and my arms are exhausted after <laughs> doing my hair. This has literally changed my life. My boyfriend's sister showed me and now my whole family has it. My sister's friends all have it. Like I cannot recommend it enough. So make sure you click on that link in the show notes because it's a game changer. Okay, I'll buy one. <laughs> you sold it. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning into this episode today. We hope you really enjoyed it. Please don't forget to press that download button. Leave a review or a little rating if you can on Apple Podcasts. And thank you again for tuning in. And don't forget to follow us on our Instagram page at the Not So Simple Life Podcast. We are there for you guys anytime you want to talk, anytime you want to chat tell us anything ask us a question we're there and happy to speak and until then guys we will see you next tuesday